Hey, hey, beautiful human. It's the Juice Queen here, delivering all those ooey gooey, drippy topics that will leave you simply drenched in curiosity and connection. So let's vibe over, you know, the juice, shall we? validated in such a way that you remember who you truly are and in that you're never alone this is a soft safe and sassy place where all of you is welcome so come on let's dive in hey juicy lovers long time no pod i want to dive right into a quite unconventional topic which is imitation is not flattery see i believe everything that we are today is a cultivation of subtle and subconscious or profound and intentionally integrated inspirations. Whether it be the way your father folded laundry or the lingo we inherit from our friends and community or the style of clothes we wear, etc. All of it is an integration of the people, places, and things that we've experienced in our entire life. I like to see it almost as a metaphor of a diamond or any crystal, really, um, that has many faces. And it all comprises to one unit. But those multiple facets are reflections of what we have been through, what we have heard, what we have done, and the people who have influenced us throughout our life. So how does one honor the people living so much in their truth that it has inspired us to do the same? People so committed to their personal self-discovery and personal work that they have come to epic and moving conclusions that we find worth noting. Or the people who are even vulnerable enough to share those stories and those epiphanies or methods and ways of life that have worked for them, so much so that we want to do those things too the people practicing the risk and bravery it takes to think for themselves enough to follow their own truth and maybe even step out of the norm sometimes to be an inspiration in that way. People often say imitation is flattery and this is most definitely true in a passive indirect way. So that's, that's where I'm coming from here is what's more flattering is direct acknowledgement, right? Sure. Imitation is flattering to a degree when your friends start to dress like you or talk like you, or even when people repeat your epiphanies by screenshotting your statuses or using your ideas to their benefit. The core of copying is definitely, I guess, flattering because it shows someone finds your existence worth replicating. And I get that. That's cool and all. But it's also non-reciprocal. 
and in my opinion, can honestly be problematic. Inversely, when we pause to slow down and show gratitude and recognition in a mutual exchange of energy, it offers the originator a moment to be seen, valued, and heard, which is a basic human need and desire that we all crave, whether subconsciously or not. And so here's how I see denying people their recognition as harmful. The thing is, it's definitely much easier to just adopt all the things that we resonate with without offering admiration first, because let's be honest, people practice silence more than they practice vulnerability. Thus, it's much harder. It takes courage to drop in with someone intimately, look them in the eyes and say, hey, this moved me and I thank you for that. When was the last time that you sat down or texted even someone and said, yo, that really impacted me in a positive way and I just wanted to give you a shout out. Thanks for being you. Not to mention it takes awareness. We're often so steeped in our own lens of reality that we're going through life on autopilot, if you will. And in autopilot, it's much harder to observe the sensations in the body. So instead, we're just experiencing them. This is very common. I have done a few years of something called Vipassana meditation, and it's typically a 10-day retreat where you, you know, you you give them your phone and you basically have nothing except the clothes on your body. Um, you also have to wear loose fitting clothing. You don't make eye contact. You don't have any physical touch. You have, um, the only thing you're doing all day is meditating for 10 hours besides the two meals a day that you have. And then an hour long discourse at the end of the evening. And the meditation itself is a version of body scanning and the body scanning over those, hundred hours because it's 10 days cultivates acute awareness of the sensations in the body and we start to become aware of we start to become aware of the way sensations in the body manifest in relation to thoughts and feelings what I'm getting at with Vipassana is just to share that this is how I've become familiar with my own you know, bodily sensations, but there's other ways to go about that that aren't as intense. And it's simply mindfulness. So what is mindfulness and how do we become good at it? Mindfulness is basically becoming aware of your environment, whether that's on an energetic, mental, emotional, and physical manner. All of the above over time, or at least one. And it's definitely a practice. And over time, we become, we become familiar with the practice, and it becomes second nature, if you will. So let's take inspiration as an example. Say we feel inspired in our system, but without mindfulness, we don't know what that sensation feels like. Thus, we can't slow down and observe its origin, feel into 
its origin. And that's okay, because again, it's a practice. But what would happen if we did slow down enough to witness the sensations in our body? Not just with inspiration, but all things. So when I feel inspired, I feel a sense of groundedness. I feel safe. I feel expansion in my heart and chest, which typically results in me breathing deeper. I might have goosebumps or chills. My eyes typically widen or perhaps even soften. I feel safe and thus illuminated. I'm feeling joy. But let's compare that to something like fear. When I feel fear, I feel small. I feel contracted. I typically feel on edge and anxious, shorter breaths, panicked and alert eyes, maybe even nausea, tension in my chest, neck and shoulders. And instead of safe and expanded, I feel like my systems are inaccessible and shutting down so I can, f I, I can focus more acutely on what I'm experiencing, like survival mode. You might resonate with some of these things because most of us do have similar bodily responses in our nervous system. There's a common theme of expansion and retraction within the system. Yet it can manifest differently for each person because we all have different bodies and so on. But the key to becoming familiar with our unique sensory responses is to first become aware that we even have them. Otherwise, we're on that autopilot I was refer referencing earlier. When we become aware that we have these, we can give ourselves patience. We can give ourselves compassion while we're learning this practice. Taking it day by day, moment by moment, pause a little longer in between discomfort and joy. And you'll start to notice patterns that show up in your unique system. So when you're lying down next to your lover or your pet, how does that feel in your body, in your heart, in your mind? Can you tap into that now? How about if your boss is calling you on your day off? What sensations show up there? What does it feel like in your body when you're doing something that you love? How about when your parents are lecturing you? So every experience we have is eliciting some type of firing in the brain and thus a firing in the body and in the nervous system. Over time with this mindfulness, with this pausing and observing. Um, and, and so when I mean observing, I'm like referencing, of course, hmm, I'm referencing like the internal experience, but also, and, and almost more importantly, because it's kind of easier to tap into, easier to understand, is the bodily sensations. Because if we do pause, you can feel into your body. We're just not taught to do this, so it takes a little bit of practice. Um, you might 
witness your heart racing or you're sweating or you, you feel sick. It's just, these are very common, um, qualities of when we're upset or anxious, nervous, afraid, um, you'll collect data on your own personal experiences. You'll become a pro at witnessing your personal bodily responses so that you, um, can choose how you want to respond in the moment versus a programmed reaction, which is typically how people operate. If you feel yourself and witness yourself getting uncomfortable or constricted in the body, for example, you can request a timeout from the conversation you're having to get grounded in your nervous system and reflect on what you need and thus want to say versus shutting down or potentially exploding, two very common reactions to feeling overwhelmed. Also just wanted to note that when you become familiar with your system, <clears throat> we cultivate a lot more patience and compassion and awareness in general for other people's um, you know, natural reactions to stress and so on. So when someone starts to have a breakdown, emotional, mental, whatever, instead of, instead of, I don't know, shunning them or blaming them or getting upset with them, you can offer some compassion because you understand that this isn't necessarily them. This is a literal nervous system reaction. And this is just how it shows up in their system. Okay, so bringing it back. Similarly, when you feel a sense of ease and expansion and awe and excitement, you equally become familiar with the sensations of, say, admiration or inspiration. Because they typically stem from the same core place, which is joy. Then you can pause in that wonderment enough to tell the person or place or thing the positive impact that it's having on you. So I say place or thing because you might be heavily impacted by a sunset or the ocean or the growth, the new growth on a plant that you've been nurturing all summer long. At the, okay, so at the very least, you can take note of it and tell them later versus, I don't know, I guess what I'm saying is maybe you can't come to the words right away, but that's okay. Because if you can pause long enough to even feel the gratitude in the first place and witness the origin of it, you can save it for later. And you can send a text or make a phone call. It doesn't have to be urgent. But this simple acknowledgement, this simple offering is a reciprocal exchange of energy versus imitation, in my opinion, being a non-reciprocal exchange. I wouldn't even call it an exchange. Um... Imitation is adoptation. 
And acknowledgement is a mutual exchange of integration. They, whether intentionally or not, are giving you something and you, when you slow down and offer acknowledgement, are making an intentional choice to do the same. Okay, so circling back around to why it can be potentially harmful if we withhold this recognition. It's quite simple. Humans have an innate basic desire to be worthy, to be seen, heard, and valued. This is something that isn't talked about enough, along with a slew of other mental health basics that is a whole other podcast. And those needs get lost and unmet for generations, creating this ancestral type of wound and patterning. In fact, humility, being so humble that you don't need recognition, is often more pressed over pride. And let's just sit with that for a second, because it seems like a duh, like obvious, because that's how ingrained it is. But being proud of yourself and the things that you conquer is not the norm. It's even considered conceited and unattractive. To be proud of yourself is unattractive. And don't get me wrong, I find humility to be a beautiful and sexiest fuck quality for sure. It's such a delight to see people doing things out of love versus for love. But simultaneously, I find valuing your worth and standing proudly in your truth just as commendable and fucking delicious. The two are not mutually exclusive. I don't know. I think it's time we shatter the notion of disowning your feats. Hell, I even think we should give ourselves permission to humbly brag from time to time. Give yourself a goddamn pat on the back, dude. Slow down and acknowledge your accomplishments. I started this thing a few years ago about celebrating my half birthday. Um, And so halfway through my year, I will reflect, I'll make a list, literally, of things that I did each month, things that I accomplished, or just things that I did. And then I get to look at this list of things that I accomplished that I typically would have totally overlooked. And this gives me permission to feel some pride because we go, go, go in this society so fast. And especially in America, the, you know, productivity is, is success over here. And like, that's, that's the script at least. And, um, we're constantly trying to see what else we can do. Um, it's this overachievement, in my opinion, mentality. And, in, and when we're caught up in that, we lose sight of the things we've already conquered. And when do we give ourselves a break, for one? And when do we give ourselves um, recognition and, and celebration is more so what I'm trying to say. Like, we deserve... Celebration, simply as that. We deserve celebration. We deserve to humbly brag about, holy shit, I can't believe I did all this. Wow, that's, that's freaking cool, you know? Because um, if we don't, then we run ourselves into the ground, we burn out, and 
nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever fucking good enough. Um, and so anyways, back to that half birthday thing, not only do I get to celebrate what I've done for those six months, but then I get to also, um, intentionally make goals for the remaining six months of my year and create this kind of structure of goals for, um, what else I'd like to do. And then come my birthday, it's just huge celebration, right? I mean, even saying humbly brag is hard because it's so ingrained in us to stay small and quiet. Honestly, especially as women or female-bodied humans who have had their ideas silently plagiarized for millennia among plenty of other things. We've been told to behave, to not stir things up, to remain in our place, which is typically closed up in a small box unheard. Nah. So I've been working with this mantra, take up space. And it's simply giving myself permission to take up space, whether that be physically in a room or dancing, but also energetically um, or even emotionally. Like if you want to cry, fucking cry. If you want to rage, fucking hit that fucking pillow. We are literally convinced to, to remain small. And honestly, I don't think that that's a coincidence. If everybody was as embodied as they were born to be, I don't know, I think we'd be perceived more as a threat. But when we are told to remain small and quiet, we are more manageable as a society, as a collective, as a species. And that's just something to chew on. Okay, but for someone like me who grew up without a mother around and a dad also very consumed with his work, I never received much praise growing up. Despite being at the top of my class, president of my high school, leader of the youth group, spearheading fundraisers, receiving grants and scholarships, you name it. No one ever had the time to tell me or whatever, you're fucking killing it, sweetie. I'm so proud of you. You deserve a break. Let me validate and reward you for all your hard work. So in typical Capricorn stellium fashion, if you've listened to my last <laughs> pod with Corianne, um, I found out that I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart and they are very achievement oriented. Anywho, I became a chronic overachiever from a very young age, I literally could not do or be enough. And I honestly nearly reveled in the fact, subconsciously, that I didn't need recognition or approval. Yet many years later, I realized that's exactly what I was looking for all along. My overachieving was quite literally a manifestation of never being seen or validated in my feats. Needless to say, it was an unhealthy coping mechanism that resulted in burnout and attracting dynamics where I always felt underappreciated and even used at times. And not just like lover dynamics either. I'm talking familial and I'm talking friendships, even um, professional dynamics as well. 
it's crazy. It's crazy to witness that our unhealed wounds, especially from childhood, manifest in crazy alternative patterns throughout our life until we witness and attempt to heal them. My inner child was looking for permission to slow the fuck down, for words of recognition, to fulfill those silent human needs, to be seen, heard, and valued that weren't getting met. It's taking me years to integrate this realization, to slow down and perfect the art of doing nothing. That's how I like to call it. I don't know if you guys have seen that, um, like Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, like remake. I am behind and didn't realize that Winnie the Pooh has like Tao influences, which the art of doing nothing is a reflection of. Um, anywho, you got to see that film. Super cute. But the art of doing nothing, um, it also comes from, so there's the masculine and the feminine. I know I've talked about this before in other pods. We're going to have to do a whole episode on it. Masculine and feminine isn't boy or girl. It's not gender binary. It's literally just energy, like yin yang. And so one of the masculine qualities is very proactive and go, 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 and like getting shit done, which is an amazing quality. Um, and one of the feminine qualities is receptivity. So like receiving, like tr trusting, intuitively trusting that you're going to receive opportunities, um, both are beautiful qualities and both are in all of us. And of course the key to life is a balance of the two. Um, but in America, especially we have a very masculine forward energy and, um, also, uh, also female identifying humans have been pressured into like we've talked about in the universe is my sugar daddy podcast. We've been pressured into, um, more having to forcefully, um, you know, proactively reach for what we need because we've been so silenced and we've been so, um, disregarded for so long that our, our trauma response is to achieve and sometimes even overachieve, um, and so a lot of us, all genders now, are operating from a place of masculine energy in the way that I'm describing it. And so to try and surrender back into the feminine energy of trust and receptivity is quite hard. Um, and, and with that, what I'm saying is the art of doing nothing. <laughs> is relevant here because in the art of doing nothing, we are trusting that what's meant for me won't pass me by. And this is honestly quite hard to <laughs> practice. It takes a lot of trust. All right, let me get back to what I'm saying here. Mm -mm. Yeah. Anyways, 
the art of doing nothing, it's a practice. To slow down is a practice. To value spaciousness is a practice. To be satisfied, dare I say, proud of your achievements is a fucking practice. And I'm personally still working on it, y'all. The inner child work is no joke. And so I guess what I'm offering is, as we move collectively forward into a new paradigm, I'm sure you're all quite aware that we're in the midst of it now, something as simple as offering someone acknowledgement can go so much farther than you think. You know the twinkle in someone's eyes when you tell them how beautiful they are? How they soften from the inside out, even if just for a moment. Recognizing someone's feats or epiphanies and sharing how they impacted you is like telling someone their soul is beautiful. Their mind is goddamn gorgeous. And that it's a pleasure to witness them there. Okay, so here's a little practice that I've cultivated over the years. It's called the gratitude loop. And it has stemmed from this exact concept of low-key desperately wanting and needing to feel acknowledged in my life. Okay, so if you look around the room, for example, we can use our five senses to choose something that we're experiencing. So this is the active, the active practice. Over time, hopefully, this can become second nature. Okay, so for example... Right now I'm looking around and I see this beautiful leather journal that a friend of mine gave me. I'm a huge writer. I'm a huge journal, journalist, if you will, for personal, you know, personal use. And I write in a journal nearly every day. I have dozens and dozens of them over the years. So this is important to me. I love my journal. Um, the gratitude loop works like this. Oh, wow. This journal brings me so much joy. And we sink into whatever sensations come up around that thing or person or place that you're using for the practice. So this journal. When I think about the journal, it brings me joy in the aspect of I get to spill my heart out in here. I get to witness my own mind inside of this journal. I get to process information and emotions in this journal. Um, the thought of losing a journal, which has happened before. I left a journal on a plane once and I was devastated. Um, anywho, in fact, this journal is the replacement of that because so my journal... So this is how the gratitude loop works. So I sink into the emotions that it gives me, some of the ones I just named. But then I think of where did this journal actually come from? So this journal was specifically made by a dear friend. His name is Jared, and he has his own business called Lost Sailor Designs, and he creates a whole bunch of gorgeous leather items. <clears throat> So not only do I have gratitude for Jared, but I also have gratitude. So this is how the loop works. So I go to Jared. I think, wow, I'm so grateful for Jared and his craft. But then I also go the next level and I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful for Jared's family, his parents, because it was his family that taught him the leather work. Wow, that's incredible. Not only am I grateful to them, but like how special is it that they share that dynamic? That's, that in itself brings me emotion. Um, 
also, when I think of Jared, I think of the fact that, okay, so I lost my journal on the plane, like I said, and I was devastated. When I got out, I told Jared about it and he was going to send me a new one. And Jared's mom was one of my customers for, um, like CBD THC ointment I used to make called Buddha bombs back in the day. She was like my number one customer. And we did a trade, the journal for the Buddha bomb. And so I'm looking at this, I'm thinking of Jared, I'm sending him gratitude, his family gratitude. And then I'm thinking about his mother and the exchange that her and I shared not only did she make me feel seen because she valued my product, but also it pains me to share that Jared's mother passed away. And I have this just beautiful memory with this woman, this, this incredible woman who had such an impact on a dear friend of mine. And... I get to go through this loop of gratitude through generations and so many layers of love. And one more layer would be that the original journal, before it was lost on the airplane, was given to me by my best, one of my besties, Nathan. And he gave it to me as a uh, birthday gift. And so I also have that appreciation just by looking at this one piece of, this one thing in my room right now. I just went through all this fucking love. So when we practice this gratitude loop, you can do it with anything. It could even be a song. Use the five senses. What am I tasting right now? Maybe I'm drinking this, this tea that a friend told me about and now it's my favorite fucking tea or who was the first person to show me the song that I'm listening to and then trace back to or the artist that I'm listening to trace back for the to the first time someone ever showed you that artist and how much love and gratitude you have for them and the impact that that artist has had on your life it's incredible um yeah so I'm curious if Okay, but there's one more step, actually. Um, so there's all this gratitude, all this love that I'm conjuring just by staring at this item and using the gratitude loop. The next step would be mm, sitting with that sensation. Really, truly sitting with the sensation that comes up for you. Mm. I personally like to take an elevator from my third eye. Down into my heart center. And then imagine that there's a little door in my heart. And when I open the door, there's a projector screen. And I see that person, place, or thing there. And I am just exploding warm, golden light of love into that human, place, or thing. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. The energy is being received. Mm. Can you imagine <laughs> the impact we would have if we... It doesn't take long either, but if we did this 
I don't know, even just every once in a while. But if it became second, second nature, which it truly does, I promise you, you'll be sending this love regularly, daily even, moment to moment at times. So the next step is giving them a shout out. If you're seeing them that day, letting them know, hey, by the way, really appreciate this. Or I was thinking about that time, blah, 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 blah. You can send them a text. You can write them a letter. You can give them a phone call. It doesn't necessarily have to be today, but don't make haste, right? Like start loving people right now. Like truly, can you imagine the impact this would have not only in our loved ones, but the world, if we were constantly in a state of gratitude. I mean, not constantly, but intentionally more than we are now. If we consciously chose to slow down and honor the people around us. If we became aware of the sensations in our body when we felt inspired and enjoy, then we can note internally who and how people are impacting us and then we can share it back with them. This is such a beautiful, simple gift. You can use this method while you're meditating, while you're praying, while you're referencing something that you love in a conversation or in a post you're making on social media. There's really literally no limits for gratitude. I personally believe most of the magic on earth begins with the frequency of gratitude. For example, abundance. I think when we're you know, sitting with gratitude for the things that we have or the things that we want or need and, and trust that we're going to receive that, that's how abundance frequency works. Plus, every time that you acknowledge someone's name and their impact, whether in the, in the room or not, they're going to receive that same love you just beamed out of your soul. Every fucking time. Like, it's just, it's so beautiful. It's making them fuller. It's making them more alive. And if we made this a personal daily practice, guess what? You can, you know, inspire others to do the same and create this ripple effect. Perhaps eventually it becoming a mutual common practice worldwide, right? Like the more that you actively give gratitude, the more others might feel inspired to do the same. And in the end, you'll receive those heart beams right back. So it's this lovely, this lovely reciprocal energy exchange. Let's do this so much so it becomes so natural that we don't think twice about it. Better yet, let's do this until people feel so seen, heard, and valued that they no longer even need the recognition anymore. I had a friend who was like, I was talking to her about this. And she was like, well, I have a one, one friend who really, really wanted to be recognized for the fact that they introduced me to you and others. And like, no matter how many times I told them that I appreciated it, it wasn't enough for them. And I said, keep acknowledging them until they don't need it anymore. Because the deeper the wound, like that's the thing, is it's harmful 
it's it's some people won't need this. Some people don't need this. They've been um, validated their whole lives. They've had circumstances or parents and environments that have validated them, and they they might not even resonate with this podcast at all. And yet, what about all the others who one aren't even aware that they need it or why? And that's 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 more important, and it's more common. If someone is still needing validation, then that, that's only more reason to give it to them. What if we, like, if, so for example, myself, I'll use myself, an ex- I'm, an, I'm an example of this. I need recognition. I need validation because of the upbringing I shared with you earlier. I never really had validation. I never really had someone saying, you're doing great. So I overachieved. Like, I literally brought a planner with me everywhere that I went, like, multicolored, highlighted, whatever, like people who knew me in high school would probably die to know the way that I operate now, which is just so go with the flow. And trust me, like going with the flow style of life for me is, is my medicine. It is my truth. Um, and I guess what I'm, what this whole notion is, is I want people to feel I want to remove the shame around asking to get those needs met because as a human being, you're allowed to have the need of wanting to be recognized. Simple as that. How can we remove the shame around people needing to feel valued? It shouldn't be a shameful request. And so the other day, someone, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine made a post directly referencing something that I said in a conversation we were having and they didn't put it in quotes and they didn't tag me or anything. And I felt salty. I I just felt salty. I felt like, damn, you really out here just using my epiphanies like as if they're your own. Um, and at the same time, yeah, I understand that we are a collective consciousness and that anything we say, do and create has been pulled from the fucking ether has existed before has existed or, or will exist in the future. Everything is existing simultaneously. That on a cosmic level, I totally understand. I get it. And also we're on earth. We're on earth right now. And let's give people credit where it's due. You know, one time I had this, like a dark night of the soul, if you will. And I was a fucking mess and quite literally was making a mess. I'm a very, very organized, clean person. And my room was an upheaval and I started to feel guilt and shame around that. And then I realized mess is the trail creativity leaves behind. And my, the way I was processing all my pain was through um, different creative outlets in my room. And so there was this paint here and clay there and fucking movies out and like just shit everywhere. Tea and whatevs. And uh, yeah, I realized, you know what? I'm allowed to be fucking messy. And if anything, it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to witness the trail that creativity leaves behind. Anywho, I told the story to a friend and then, you know, a, a couple of weeks later, we, I invited her to a full moon party I was having and dude, I shit you not, she was telling the same exact story to someone else, but through the lens as if she, um, like came up with this epiphany or whatever. And it shook me. 
it shook me. This was like four years ago or so. So I was even, you know, I was less embodied in my truth. And instead of like naming it right away, I just was fucking weirded out and salty about it and didn't know how to process it. Fortunately, that friend and I became quite close. And over time, I decided to share that impact with her. And um, what I realized is because she didn't remember that I shared that little nugget with her and lost where um, the origin was, which was only making me more upset, to be honest, because I knew where it was from. I had this whole huge, you know, um, experience around it. But in that moment, I realized the autopilot energy that I was talking about earlier. We, not everybody is paying as close attention. And when we slow down a bit, when we, become, when we can become aware of the sensations in our body, when something inspires us, or when something brings us joy or calm or anything, even fear, even anger, we become in tune with who we are, or at least how we act. And not only can we choose our response versus reacting, we can pause long enough to honor someone honor their truth, their path, and be like, damn, that is fucking epic, dude. I'm going to, do you mind if I reference that in a post that I'm going to make or so on and so forth? That, even that moment of consent and permission is so validating, dude. It's so beautiful. So let me think. Yeah, I was just trying to say that if someone is still needing recognition, that's even more reason to give them that. And let's just, let's, let's make gratitude so commonplace that we, one, we don't think twice about it, and two, the people around us are basically like, yeah, dude, it's all good, and like, no problem, don't think. Don't think about it. I got you. Because that's, that's where the healing lies. The healing lies in requesting. Okay, the healing lies on not feeling shame, right? Remove the shame of having a basic human need. Then naming the need. Being real with yourself enough to name the need. So my friend made the post. They referenced what I said. They didn't acknowledge me. And I just, in, instead of getting in my weirdness, I just hit them up. I hit them up and I was like, hey, do you mind shouting me out for, for saying that thing that I said the other day? She instantly was like, oh, dude, totally got you and tagged me. And fuck a tag, right? Like, fuck a tag. I remember my brother. <clears throat> we used to, you know, share so much stuff together. Um, just really cool reciprocal dynamic. And 
um, he shared something with me years ago that I started to adopt and I made a post about it. Oh, check this out. Now he privately hit me up and was like, Hey, I, I, I'm like embarrassed to say this. I don't, I honestly, I hardly even want, I don't even want to say this. I feel stupid saying this. I'm like, what's up? He's like, you know how you share that thing? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I don't want to say this and I feel fucking stupid saying this, but like, I, you didn't even mention that I'm the one who told you that. I was like, weird. Yeah, dude, I feel you. I totally feel you. And guess what? What's the common denominator with him and I? We were raised in the same place, right? Neither of us have gotten validation growing up. So dude, I feel you. Of course, I didn't know that back then, not in those words. Um, But I did know that on an emotional level. I was like, oh my God, I totally feel that. And so I edited it and fucking tagged his ass because who fucking cares? If people need validation, we should be fucking offering it on a gold platter, dude. It's such a simple way to help our, to help humanity heal. Not everybody needs it, but the people who do need it, whether subconsciously or not, deserve it. And that's that. Alrighty, folks. On the topic of gratitude, I would love to thank my besties, Ellen and Lola, who held space for me while I navigated this entire experience. And they were the ones who reminded me that having the need for recognition is a very human need and inspired the concept for this podcast. So I think, thank you, my boo-boos. And thank you to my other good friend, Sarah Selway. She's the one who put me on to podcasts originally, which has, you know, resulted in me wanting to make my own. And thank you to Jake and Nikki for secretly plotting to get me the um, equipment for this podcast for my birthday one year and to all the people who contributed to paying for it. I literally wouldn't be where I am today without y'all and your impacts. And I'm so fucking grateful for your existence. Thank you for being one of the many facets that make up the diamond of Noel. I love and appreciate you all. And until next time, my juice family, ciao, ciao for now. Mm